God gives you devotion. Pray for the grace of devotion, if you will. But you can't psych yourself into it so much as just praying for love. It will come to you. But the more you have the consciousness of the Guru's presence and of God's presence and Divine Mother's presence in your heart, the more devotion will be just a matter of course. And I think devotion is something to feel primarily. I know that people are on different levels. and uh, For instance, many Krishna Bhaktas love to uh, think of stories of Krishna and uh, all the sweet little pranks he did when he was a child and so on. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. That's beautiful. But to go beyond that, to feel the presence of Krishna, then bit by bit the form doesn't matter that much. You don't think of the Guru or of Jesus or of Krishna or of Divine Mother so much as, a, uh, uh, as form as you do of thinking that they are everywhere and above all that they reside in the hearts of devotees. So what I'd like to say, which Master said was, love God and everything else, as Jesus said, will be added unto you. Don't let anything become so important as God's love. The more you keep his love in your heart, the more you will find that you become worthy of him. God is only waiting. You see, you have to, if you want to turn on a radio and get a program, some programs, some stations are far enough away that they're not very distinct. You have to tune the dial very sensitively to be able to get the program clearly. Well, God is not far away, but he's on a very sensitive wavelength. And he's not easy to tune into because there's so much static in the mind, so much static in the heart, so much thinking of, I want this, I want that, what a disappointment, I didn't meet this person, and so on. <coughs> the less you can think about yourself, and the more you can think about God, as I said earlier, you become that which you concentrate on. And as you concentrate on God, you'll gradually take on godly qualities. You know, ultimately, we don't do anything. We become absorbed in the thought of Him, and He does it all. I remember one brother disciple many years ago saying, uh, he just happened to mention, talking about omnipresence, he said, I just can't imagine wanting to be omnipresent. <laughs> and I can quite understand. Uh, it's a scary thought, in fact, if you really face it. You're not even omnipresent in this little body. You're not as much in your elbow as you are here. You're, you're uh, actually centered in the medulla oblongata, which is the seat of the ego. And omnipresence is something beyond conception. There are many aspects to spiritual awakening that are so different as to be scary. One time, Dr. Lewis was pestering Master to give him some auntie, and he sort of got him into a corner and, and uh, said, all right, sir, how about it? Let me have some auntie. Master looked at him, he said, if I gave it to you, could you take it? The doctor sort of faltered a bit, and he said, no, sir. It's not that scary, Master, uh, not that easy. Master said in autobiography of a yogi that uh, 
It isn't by intellectual willingness that you attain that state. It can only happen gradually by the purification of consciousness, by God's grace, by the Guru's grace, by the Guru's effort on your, your part, and by your constantly focusing on that reality which you hope to become, even if you don't know what it is, even if you can't imagine really even being able to stand it if it came to you. And yet, having faith that there's no other way to go, and uh, it's quite an adventure, isn't it? Thank <laughs> you.